Alive. Welcome to Podcast, stories of community, action, and social change in the real world. And if you didn't catch that before, that's Podcast, as in the undergraduate minor here in the School of Social Work. This is an ongoing series of interviews that feature the diverse stories of CASC alumni who share highs, lows, and other revelations about community action and social change after college. Each interview captures unique stories about some of their earliest memories casking, how certain lessons learned carry with them or have been challenged or contradicted over time. Today's interview features Parabi Devi, hosted by me, Amber, assistant director and part-time faculty in the minor. Check out Parabi's story. Hello, it's so good to see you. <laughs> to officially meet you. Absolutely. <laughs> Cask All-Star here today. Yes. Makes me so excited. Too kind. <laughs> yes. So if you want to introduce yourself, your name and pronouns, where you're from, and just a little bit of background of who you are, and yeah, we'll just start there. Absolutely. Well, hello there. My name is Parabi Devi. She, her, hers. Um, I was originally born in Bangladesh, and then at the age of three, we immigrated. We, meaning my my parents and I, my brother, we immigrated to the United States where I then grew up in Hamtramck, Michigan. And so an elongated answer for where am I from, but that's where I'm from. Um, I am a current uh, master's candidate for the School of Social Work. Um, I graduated from U of M, CASC alumni. That's why I'm here, obviously. (laughs) And I'm currently working at the Center for Engineering, Diversity, and Outreach at um, the College of Engineering at U of M. And yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much. It's so good to just like get that context of who you are Mm -hmm. and kind of what your journey has been. And I wonder, even in just stepping back many, many years prior, Mm -hmm. (laughs) not to assume anything around age, but just stepping back a little bit further, um, what are some kind of moments around social justice or looking at um, social inequity, any of these themes that came up in your experience that you can think about even before college began? Uh, did anything kind of strike you or come up for you or mm-hmm. sort of trigger uh, why social justice and social change became sort of really important for you mm-hmm. as you move forward as an undergrad? Got it. So when I was younger, I didn't necessarily know it was social ch- social change or social justice. Mm-hmm. It was just more so this is wrong, this is morally incorrect, Um, why is this the way it is? So as I mentioned, I grew up in Hamtramck. Um, While my father has a master's degree, the United States did not recognize it, and so we came during a time when the auto industry was booming, so obviously he went to work for the factory as opposed to going back to get another degree. And so with that, um, I think the status of being an immigrant and then you know getting government documentations in order has always been a hassle and just understanding like the different ways that government officials will communicate with my father versus the way that they will communicate with me. And so fast forward, I'm a U of M student, you know, undergrad, and I, same experience, uh, just a few years later, and they didn't realize, they were just treating my father very Mm. poorly. Mm -hmm. And so I had to step in and they were like, who are you? Where are you coming from? Blah, blah, blah. They just thought I was uneducated. I'm like, I go to U of M. And instantly their whole demeanor towards me changed. And they actually handled my dad's case a lot better. So when I was younger, it wasn't necessarily like social justice. It's more so this is this is not how you treat people. Yeah. Um, people are, you know, people are people. You should treat them as you would, you know, like the uh, platinum rule. Mm-hmm. Treat people as they want to be treated. Yeah. 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 And I um, think at some point we'll talk a little bit more about (laughs) some of your values, which I feel like I can already hear elements Mm -hmm. of that coming through. But um, I don't know. I uh, grew up in 
a lot of places in Michigan, but I have family that's rooted in the North End, and mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of history in my own family around kind of the automotive industry mm-hmm. and what brought folks here and how that kind of played out. And I think that intersection between kind of the automotive industry and looking at immigration mm-hmm. and being in that particular context and advocating for your family mm-hmm. just says a lot mm-hmm. um, about who you are and where you see social change being really relevant and mm-hmm. important, but also harnessing this kind of Michigan experience right. around um, just our economy and how it's been kickstarted and these kind of rubs that we've had over time and how that's affected communities. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, did you find sort of themes around that kind of emerging in your own social justice journey as an undergrad? graduate student and also what else did you do as an undergrad and what was it like being an undergrad at Michigan for Oh you? gosh it was such an experience I uh, I miss it more so for the people <laughs> yes. and the academics because yes. ooh, we are truly the number one school let me tell you that <laughs> number one public institution rather mm-hmm. um so um you know, I fall within. I fell within that. You know, that model minority stereotype that I came in wanting to be like, I'm gonna be a doctor because my mom and dad mm. told me to become a doctor, and so did all my forefathers and mothers and blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I realized I hated it. Like mm-hmm. I, I vividly remember uh, uh, my first year here, and it was chem. Chem 130, chem 125. Mm, yes, oh, that class. Is that organic those. chemistry or no, 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 no. That's that's generic that's general chemistry oh gosh yeah organic chemistry was what sealed the deal for me uh, yes <laughs> i saw for a path. lot of people yes i saw a path i was like darkness was with in my head um <laughs> where medicine stood and then social justice was happiness and birds and rainbows <laughs> yes. and unicorns and so after i took organic chemistry i realized yeah no i'm this is not for me my passion in life is to help people i can help people in different ways than just medicine um, quite frankly, now that I look back on, I'm really glad I didn't pursue medicine because I have a lot of issues with the science field right now um, that I hope are going to be changed for the better. Come, the, excuse me, come the you know, come the future mm-hmm. in the future. Um, so when I was going through undergrad, I started taking. I vividly remember my second year here. I was taking a lot like anthropology, psychology, sociology classes, and I was really sold on sociology, partly because of my professor Sandra Levitsky. She was just mm-hmm. given the golden apple. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Slight little plug. Yes, she's the best. <laughs> and I haven't turned back since. And mm-hmm. it's just understanding not only what is social justice, but how does that reflect back into my community, like the South Asian community, mm-hmm. and immigration, mm-hmm. because. Right now, I have my eye on a PhD mm-hmm. only because I want to see um, how much research. There hasn't really been enough research because my uh, fourth year, when I was an undergrad, I was doing a research project for my research class, and it was on the model minority, and there was mm. barely, no, there wasn't anything about it in the United States. So just uh, knowing that there isn't much research on my community and that people mm-hmm. automatically think that the South Asians are going to become doctors is very problematic to me, not only from within my community, mm-hmm. because it's like you don't give us, uh, you know, the young people an opportunity to explore other, you know, fields. There's a lot of history behind that, wars mm-hmm. and colonialism, blah, blah, whatever. But the whole world. <laughs> but it's just, it just adds, it's just very sad to me. And I really want to, you know, if I ever get to the point where I really want to do a PhD, I'd mm-hmm. really love to understand those different intersectionalities of immigration, being South Asian, model minority, 
It's them. Yeah, yeah. That's social justice. You're like 100% <laughs> speaking my language as someone who cares a lot about higher education <laughs> and all of these kind of elements and how mm-hmm. they come together. And again, it's just really powerful even in hearing kind of your own story and kind of um, navigating the sort of model minority myth mm-hmm. and kind of navigating that as you pursued classes and looking at sort of what struck you and mm-hmm. why and how yeah. you felt compelled toward these other courses. Mm-hmm. Um, and also fascinating because you work in engineering now and yeah. I, I can't wait to talk more about <laughs> (laughs) how you kind of bridge those connections Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and so it's just really interesting to hear your story and journey Mm -hmm. around that. Mm -hmm. Um, So how did you end up in CASC, and what was your experience like in the minor back in your heyday of undergrad (laughs) with the minor? (laughs) So uh, when I was going through, I I think it was my first or second year after like either Gen Chem or Orgo, I just started walking campus Mm. for for like other degrees, and I was very uneducated because I didn't realize social work was a master's program. I thought there was a bachelor's program. So I came I came into social work, into the building, and I went to the first floor by the the, the main desk, oh, main yeah, office. Yeah. Yep. I was like, so can you give me a list of all the programs? And they were just like, <laughs> we can give you our list of programs. And I was like, oh, okay. So it's just been a full circle. I don't, awesome. I don't remember how I ended up with CASC, yeah. but um, it's it was quite honestly, one of the best experiences and best decisions of undergrad, you know, going to a number one public institution, it's draining Mm -hmm. mentally. You get a lot out of it, not to mention it's a great resume boost. But at the same time, you know, I vividly remember after I graduated from undergrad, I crashed mentally and physically. And then at at one time, I was at home because I had like a month gap in between like a summer internship, if you will post-graduation, I just laid on my parents' family room because I didn't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm so used to this really busy schedule and yeah, I'm structure. Mm-hmm. And so when I was an under, undergrad, I used to work in CSP, the Comprehensive Studies Program, yeah. as an office assistant. And so quite honestly, the reason I got to engineering was because I was like, oh, I need a break, but I also need to get money. And so these are the mm-hmm. skills that I already have, mm-hmm. and I'm already interested in um, diversity initiatives, so why not try this? Yeah. And since then, of course, um, I was hired in more so entry-level administrative mm-hmm. assistant, but since then I've been um, I've progressed higher and helping the boss directly, Lionel Milton, with some of his mm-hmm. initiatives. Um, as well as helping Robert Scott, our director mm-hmm. of diversity initiatives, with implementing diversity events. Yeah, that's so. powerful. And <laughs> I think um, I'm sure a lot of alumni, including myself, just as a general UM alum, mm-hmm. can resonate with the story of kind of crashing, yeah. um, especially just in being in a very structured, regimented schedule and now kind of figuring out what your next steps mm-hmm. are. And I think for a lot of people, even sort of recent grads, there's that time period of, you know, what is it that I'm looking for? Mm-hmm. What do I want? Um, Even if you're in a position or in a job or in school, there's still that sort of tension there Mm -hmm. um, to some degree. Um, And I wonder for you, what what was that like for you, just being in that place of, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do next. I'm, you know, sitting here in the living room Mm -hmm. and thinking about where I've been in the past and just Mm -hmm. navigating this next, Mm -hmm. this next piece. Mm -hmm. Uh, What do you remember about that time? And, and also what helped you sort of move Mm -hmm. through it um, and pursue the work that you ended up pursuing later? So it was a combination of, uh, it was that fact that it was terrifying, but also liberating at the same Mm. time. It, it was one of those things where, hey, self-care is important. It's yeah. okay to take care of yourself. And kind of 
I feel like for most of my academic life, as well as my personal life up until, up until that point, I had just been very academic in my, uh, in my everyday routine. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, top of my class here, top of my class there, but at the same time, I never really had an opportunity to kind of find myself, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, passionate, passion-wise, I found myself academically in undergrad, um, but... To truly find, I, I feel like to truly find oneself, there's, there has to be like a lot of self-reflection. So it was terrifying because I don't know what my next step was professionally. Yeah. But it was also liberating because it gave me the opportunity to really self-reflect. Be like, okay, you have all these skills, you have these passions. Now, where are you going to take that? Yeah. Um, during my two-year gap year, um, I did a lot of um, informational interviews. Nice. Yeah, with yeah. the School of Public Health, Ford School of Public Policy, School of Social Work, and the School of Education. Yeah. Only because of my boss. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to pull me into higher ed. Effective. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and what did I you sh- learn about yourself through those informational interviews mm-hmm. or in general? So I, growing up, I always thought I was an extrovert, but to really put yourself out there and put yourself mm. outside of that comfort zone mm-hmm. and really be very, um, um, I'm at loss for words, uh, very intentional yeah. of your next steps was powerful to me because it's like, okay, I'm actually meeting someone who's going through the process or has gone through the process um, or is about to go through the process, mm. either at like admissions counselor level, director level, student, alum, what have you. It was just very, um, I think it was very powerful for me just because I was able to get so many different perspectives that eventually ended up leading me to school social work. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. And I um, I think just the practice of seeking help and seeking support and mm-hmm. not being afraid to do that is so critical. And I'm sure these are conversations that you even heard as a part of the work of CSP, mm-hmm. of working with low-income students and first-gen students around mm-hmm. just normalizing um, the knowledge that help is okay yes. and that, you know, lots of students who hold privilege mm-hmm. seek help yep. um, without shame. And so what does that mm-hmm. mean, um, even in this stage of thinking about who you are mm-hmm. as um, a professional, mm-hmm. um, trying to look for work experiences within mm-hmm. the area that you're passionate about, that it's okay to reach out and seek help mm-hmm. um, and to get that constructive feedback too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> So in your, um, you talked about your transition from CSP into working out of uh, the College of Engineering Mm -hmm. and kind of higher education. Yes. And that a part of your decision making around that was also finances, which Mm -hmm. I think is very real. Mm -hmm. Um, So that to me puts um, into mind conversations that students and alum talk about a lot Mm -hmm. is how do I balance out my passion around social change Mm -hmm. and then also compensation. Mm-hmm. And um, I wonder if those themes have come up for you or what that's meant for you or how you've thought about that in your own work. Um, and I think for different folks, this could look also very different. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, students who decide to pursue a role in finance and feel that sense of disconnect mm-hmm. in some ways from a social justice community sort mm-hmm. of perspective or framework. Mm-hmm. Um, for you, that might look very different because mm-hmm. your office is very kind of specifically focused on engaging that work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wonder if some of those themes came up for you, if you felt like, ooh, am I selling out from the movement <laughs> or mm-hmm. um, how that kind of came together mm-hmm. for you. Yeah, I think um, it's one of those things that kind of just fell into place. Mm -hmm. Um, Like you said, social change, social justice means so different to different people. To me, it it can be as small as our office offers summer programming. And oftentimes our programs are such high in demand that if you take them, 
you know, you look great when it comes to, you know, admissions for engineering. So it's, it's as small as like, hey, here are some programs that your child might be interested in, might gain a lot from. Yeah. Take, uh, you know, these are free, by the way, or they're like 25 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you, why don't you, you know, get, give your child an opportunity to gain from this experience and eventually have, you know, get them at the same level footing as these other, um, mm-hmm. as their, you know, student counterparts who come from more privileged backgrounds that these are already coming down the pipeline for them. Yeah. Um, in other words, uh, in other cases, it's like putting on workshops mm-hmm. on what does it mean to be, you know, what, what is diversity, equity, inclusion? You know, being part of our office, um, our goal is to be stewards of DE&I um, on North, on, within the College of Engineering. So how do we identify, like, you know, what is bystander intervention? Mm-hmm. What is unbiased training? Um, IDI mm-hmm. um, and so on and so forth. So getting all those trainings. So I think for me, it kind of worked really well with social justice, just because yeah. of what my what the office and what the um, managing director has in mind mm-hmm. for how the office wants how he wants the office to uh, proceed mm-hmm. within the next a few years or so. Yeah, yeah, that (laughs) totally makes sense. Yeah, because it's an office that's also focused on access and Mm -hmm. then also thinking about these efforts on campus Mm -hmm. and how we create a more inclusive field, specifically in engineering. And so that absolutely makes sense in Mm -hmm. terms of how you would see that connection there and why Mm -hmm. that would be important to you. Thank you. Um, I was going to ask you if you could talk a little bit more about your role in your office. I feel like you kind of touched on it. Is mm-hmm. there anything else that you would want to maybe build upon or add about what you do? Hmm. Well, I plan a lot of events. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, sometimes uh, I'm going through one right now, and it seems in, in January, if you were to ask me, I would tell you it's not going to happen. It's impossible. <laughs> there's there's no way um, that this event is going to, that we can find space for like 300 plus people in Ann Arbor. For May. Yeah. But we're, we passed that. Working obstacle. on it. We're working on it. We passed the <laughs> obstacle, and now it's like to the annoying itty-bitty parts. So I do mm-hmm. a lot of um, event planning. I'm one of the event leads within the office. So a lot of the events, of course, deal around DE&I and whatever specific topic that holds. Um, and then um, managing the boss mm-hmm. is another role I have. And I feel like that's been a great opportunity for me just because he. I've been fortunate enough to have such a amazing supervisor who not only, you know, supervises me, but also mentors me on the side academically so that, I'm sorry, professionally, so that I can have all the skills I need professionally Mm -hmm. that I can, you know, put together with my social justice passion and kind of move forward as opposed to just having an idea and just letting it sink and not understanding how do I take this idea and kind of manifest it into reality. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, I love what you said about um, managing your boss, because (laughs) I think that's real. Like Mm -hmm. sometimes we have to uh, manage our bosses. Mm -hmm. And a part of that is really um, setting the tone for how the work progresses Mm -hmm. and holding our bosses accountable Mm -hmm. to their vision that they've set. And so I think that's a really important um, and also empowering way to Mm -hmm. frame what it means to be working Mm -hmm. um, and doing sort of coordination work alongside staff Mm -hmm. and to really be leading in that area, Mm -hmm. knowing that a huge part of it involves like making sure that people stay on top of their stuff and remain accountable for this kind of broader mission at large. Mm So, yes, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm officially his assistant, too, so that's like... Which is why you manage. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Thank you. Um, So something that often kind of comes up in discussion among alum is sort of 
And this may be even a little different for you, knowing that you've been out for a while, Mm -hmm. but I wonder if you could reflect on any sort of challenges, tensions, or things that you've learned or just things that have even surprised you Mm -hmm. um, as an alum and just sort of engaging in social justice work um, in your current role Mm -hmm. on campus and how that's played out for you and how you've navigated that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some themes that alum have talked about is sort of self-care and burnout culture. Some of it is sort of finding ways to build community among others mm-hmm. um, who care about social justice in a similar way, which can often be tied to language yeah. um, and how people sort of use language in this space that mm-hmm. can feel really challenging and trying to find ways to be critical of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are so many things that could come up, um, but I wonder for you if there have been any really sharp kind of lessons learned, tensions, challenges, or just things that have surprised you that have been really important in your growth mm-hmm. um, as a change agent? Yeah. So I think you you just hit on something very, very important, the growth as a change agent. Mm. I As soon as I graduated and I started my job, I'm just like, oh, I'm a change agent. I'm a social justice warrior. Woo! And then I started my job and I'm like, oh, okay, tone it down a little bit because this is the real world and people don't want to talk about stuff anymore. Mm. So mm. that was a probably one of the biggest um, learning curves I've had to experience just because, you know, our office within itself, just age-wise, is very diverse. I think there's like five generations in it, whereas I'm one of the youngest, not excluding our Uh, work-study students. And so, you know, I was, you know, I went from like an area where, you know, things that were problematic or were had tensions, we spoke about it very openly within our class classes or even within my sociology classes, you know, if they were, if we had good proctors, of course. Um, But then I went to the professional field and people aren't as comfortable with Mm. uncomfort. Yeah. And so I had to check myself a couple of times be like, okay, I'm brand new here. I want to keep my position yeah. here. Um, how do I make sure I'm still having these conversations, staying true to myself, but also respecting my colleagues um, and where they are in their growth? Why do if, you think they were uncomfortable? Or what did you notice about their I discomfort? Think, I think it's just one of those things that they were just stuck in their ways. Um, one of the biggest lessons I've learned from my supervisor, and I constantly use this um, everywhere I go, is just because it's the way it has been doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be like that moving forward. And I don't think the uh, many other people have had that same... Um, like, when I heard that, was like a huge revelation for me. It, it, it impacted me very strongly. I don't think that it had the same effect on other people. Mm-hmm. And so I remember bringing up a topic that in the lunchroom for example and I was like oh we don't we don't discuss these this here this is okay this is where the disconnect is mm-hmm. but I realized since then that um I've been able to if you will pick my battles on what I want to educate so the other day for example um, a colleague of mine we were just discussing um because everyone's trying to become healthier for their own personal reasons mm-hmm. myself included and a colleague and I were just having a conversation on push-ups. Mm. Another colleague was like, oh, so did you do girl push-ups or boy push-ups? Mm. And I was like, I did push-ups. And so while that person didn't understand where I was coming from, it was one of those things where, okay, do I take the time to educate them or do I allow them to let that sit in and ask them, like, hmm, I wonder why it is. And so I'll probably have a follow-up conversation with that yeah. person coming up. But at the same time, also understanding, like, again, is this a battle worth fighting? Yeah, yeah. Um, and how do you choose that for yourself? I feel like that's sort of a constant navigation. Mm-hmm. I wonder how you 
balance that and also like what factors you keep in mind mm-hmm. when picking and choosing your battles mm-hmm. around the sort of identity conversations in the space and mm-hmm. language issues in the space. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing I, I, to be quite frank with you, is it worth my time? Will this lead to a conversation that I really don't, you know, that I, and I think it's one of those things like, and you know, it, this might be me just stereotyping the person just based on past behavior. It might I just make it might get a lot of excuses. Ah, yeah. So it's one of those things where okay, are they truly stuck in their way, or will there be an opportunity for some light to be shed? Mm, mm-hmm. And I will I will go I will say that this person has grown tremendously since I've mm. met them um, during my first week or so on the job, or even during the interview stage. So I'm very proud of that. But at the same time. Knowing when to pick my battles and knowing when to just walk away from it. Yeah, and I appreciate what you said about, like, is it worth my time? And what's my energy level? Mm-hmm. And, you know, how do I keep all of this in mind? And and to some degree, it sounds like a balance of the rapport that you have with that person, mm-hmm. too. And how well you know them. Mm-hmm. And have they really been trying to make an effort to Absolutely. make changes? And, you know, I think some of that is contingent upon time mm-hmm. um, and communication as well. But... I dig it, you know, Mm -hmm. picking and choosing your battles wisely, knowing Mm -hmm. that sometimes it could be a hit or miss and Mm -hmm. sometimes it is spot on for that person and Mm -hmm. other times it could be completely over their head. Absolutely. And so how do you balance that out for yourself so that you don't burn out on the job Mm -hmm. and constantly sort of checking Mm -hmm. these dynamics when it can be, you know, harmful for Mm -hmm. you? And Mm -hmm. sometimes also taking a step back and like, I may not be the right person. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm too far out you know, um, generationally, religiously, culturally, what have you, maybe someone else within the same team mm-hmm. who is who is able to better connect with this person or these people might be able to deliver the message and be heard clear, Yeah, if you will. Yeah. I feel like all these, like, dialogue skills, <laughs> communication <laughs> skills. Yes. So many themes from just being an undergrad and how that kind of resurfaces and and also just becomes very real when you're in a work environment and just navigating these dynamics, Mm -hmm. Um, even in a context where there's a strong social justice message. Like you said, people can be all over the place. Um, And yeah, like you said, the intergenerational piece and keeping that in mind as well. It's all a lot to balance, but it's super important and just thinking about how to work through it. Yeah, especially for inclusivity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So you had talked before about uh, looking at a PhD program, mm-hmm. um, and to me it sounded like maybe higher ed and yes. kind of integrating STEM in that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so curious to hear a bit more about just what you're looking forward to in the future, knowing that you are an MSW candidate, mm-hmm. and then looking at these other academic goals too. So I truly um, appreciate one of my professors right now, Professor uh, Blackburn. Um, in his research course at the moment. And something he said, I want to say the first day of class, or it may have been the second day of classes, let's bring social workers into the for-profit world. Mm, mm-hmm. And so if I don't, so I'm saying that to say is that if I don't uh, find a position, well, first of all, I'm moving to somewhere warm because I am from the tropics. <clears throat> I'm not made for this dandruff from the sky. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so... I would have truly, if I'm not in higher ed, would like love to be able to work with a for-profit organization and kind of work with them to make them understand yeah. what does it mean to be inclusive? What does it mean to have equity and diversity amongst your staff? And not just diversity that people stereotype as just racial diversity mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, sexual orientation or gender. It's like, it's geographical. It's SES. It's mm-hmm. all of these and more. Um, so if I did do a PhD, it would be around, definitely would be around South Asians. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I feel like 
I didn't learn a lot about my identity until I came to college, and that too within my f- third and fourth year, and uh, which I think is very problematic, just because my parents lived through two. My father lived to through lived through two wars, mm. and my mom was born a year after another war finished. Wow! So, kind of understanding that toll and understanding um, how that war, how the wars may affect my family and yeah. how they like look at life and um, why they are the way they are and like, strict and stuff like that mm-hmm. is very important. But if I were to say within higher ed, uh, it would probably be within student access or something just yeah. because I feel like, you know, we, we, the world isn't, is at the moment, isn't made to be equitable yet. And we need to be able to create opportunities for the underrepresented communities mm. within, within the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think doing um, research is a critical aspect of that, mm-hmm. you know, and thinking about your own future and what it looks like to engage this work on the ground, but mm-hmm. also thinking about this doctoral education and how research can play a role in uncovering these themes so mm-hmm. that you can build um, interventions or practices or um, initiatives, systems, whatever it may mm-hmm. be, to create ease mm-hmm. and um, and there's so much to say around identity and identity development in college. And, you know, it sounds like you really had a transformative experience as an undergrad. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to do work that allows that to continue for others mm-hmm. in community, um, I think it's really important. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I think those are all my questions today. (laughs) It's been such a joy to talk to you and just hear more about your story. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I am not a casker. I always say that, you know, when I was graduating is when the minor started and I was super jealous because Mm -hmm. I couldn't do it. Um, And so it's really awesome that I could be here today and just witness what you all have experienced as an extension of the minor and also what you've done beyond it Mm -hmm. um, and how you've taken your values, your principles and things that you learned as an undergrad forth and into your future and on forward. And so I really appreciate you being here and sharing your story with us today. Thank you for the opportunity. This was fun. (laughs) I had fun too. I'm like, what else can we talk about? (laughs) I mean, I'm here. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you again. You're welcome. Thanks for listening, everyone, and check us out next week for the next alumni interview. We'll be on Apple Podcast and also Spotify. 